Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You, you may remain standing for one moment. We're just going to read uh, John chapter 8 and verse 33 together this morning. And um, you might say, well, why do we stand every week? Uh, well, we, we want to honor the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, bring your Bible to church, bring a notebook so you can write down what you hear in Jesus' name. And, and, and again, like I said, the messages are on YouTube, you know, with, uh, by the next day. And, uh, you know, there's things that you'll miss uh, that, you know, the second time around, it'll, it'll hit you. But remember, Jesus said, truth will set you free. Amen. Amen. So John chapter 8 and verse 33, if we can have it on the screen, we're going to read it together. And uh, <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. The answer to them, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Did we have it on the screen? No? Can we read it one more time together? They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The title of the message this morning is Free Indeed. And you know that word in the Hebrew is elethru. And it means, uh, sorry, in the Greek, it means to liberate, to exempt, to deliver, to make free. And you know, we think of how the Allies liberated Europe in World War II. And in the same way, Christ liberates those who trust in him. You know, and that word indeed in the, uh, in the Greek is antos, which means certainly. And it's the very same word that's used in Luke chapter 23, 47, when the centurion at the cross cried out as Jesus died, certainly this was a righteous man. And so in, in the same way, what the Bible is saying is certainly, absolutely, without any doubt whatsoever, we are free. If the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. And so anyway... I think it's important because when it's talking about free, it's not talking about not just free in reputation, but free in reality. Because sometimes we can have, you know, there's a saying, give a dog a bad name. But sometimes as a Christian, you can have a good name. You know, you can have a reputation for doing some certain things, you know, rising early to pray or being a soul winner or, you know, being a person of integrity. But you know what? Every day we have a choice. We can, we can go off on a tangent and, you know, there's no shortage of people who used to win souls, people who used to pray, people who used to rise early, people who used to serve. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Revelations, you have a reputation that you're alive, but you are dead. And so again, when we're talking about free, it's, it, we have to have more than just a reputation. We have to have the reality. That's what the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
So again, not free in stages or installments, amen, but completely and utterly free. Now, I know some of you are sitting there saying, Houston, we have a problem, okay, because I'm a believer, but I'm bound. I'm saved, but I still have some stuff going on. So how can this be if Jesus says you are free? Well, this is, this is the thing, because people are sitting there, like I said, and they may be saying, well, how can I be free, uh, as Jesus said, um, and yes, I'm struggling in areas of my life. How do I reconcile the fact that Jesus declares I'm free when I'm still battling with fear or lust or addiction or anger? You know, is my lack of freedom a matter of unbelief or laziness or selfishness or neglect or, or just a lack of trying harder? Because again, uh, any of us been brought up in, in, in religion, whatever the denomination, we were always taught, you know, that you just needed to try harder. And so... Um, again, I don't believe that's, that is the answer. It's, we, we need to give God our best, but you know what? On our best day, uh, what we can do isn't enough. You know, we need to learn to surrender to his strength. And that's why the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, you know, religion is about what you can do to save yourself. Christianity is about what God did to save you, amen? So again, none of us are gonna to get to heaven because of our performance or our effort or our virtue. It is all by God's grace. Galatians chapter five and verse one. Hallelujah. Um, and it says, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. So it says, stand fast in the freedom. That means that just like, um, uh, you know, as, as, as they saw on, on Iwo Jima, you can win a hill and lose it again. You can win a battle and lose it. And so it says, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Because you can go back, like the Bible says, as a dog returns to his, its vomit, um, uh, so too you can go back to sin or you can go back to dead religion or go back to legalism. Galatians 5.13 and NIV. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Amen. The New Living says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. So we've been called to live in freedom. But this is the thing. We are called to freedom, but not everybody answers or obeys the call because we must cooperate with Christ. And this is why there are many who start out in this walk, but they're not near as many who finish it. And I think what Vita, uh, you know, uh, addressed uh, earlier is, is so true. Um, there's a lot of good starters. There's not near as many good finishers. And that's why, you know, when you look at somebody like Reinhard Bonnke, um, so, you want me to tell the TV in the chapel is working for the mothers and babies. Amen. That's wonderful. We're very grateful. We, amen. Praise God for all the mothers and babies. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, so we must cooperate with Christ because let me say this to every miracle, there's God's part and there's our part. And there are so many believers who are whining and complaining and offended at God uh, because he hasn't done his part as they see it, but the reality is they haven't done their part. And again, uh, just like my wife addressed earlier, what way are you coming to the house of God? Are you coming ready to worship, ready to give, ready to give your heart, ready to hear? 
Amen? And, and so, uh, again, if we don't take the things of God seriously, should we be surprised if, if things aren't working in our lives? Amen? So I, I think that's, that's very important for us to grasp. So there's God's part, there's our part. You see, God changes our heart in a moment. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. You are made new in a moment, and yet sanctification is a process. And, and oft times painful one. So Acts 26 and verse 18. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. You see, God wants to do a deep work in our heart and in our homes. But the question is, how do I live holy, particularly in a world where so much of our entertainment is filled with expletives, nudity, perversion, violence, and betrayal. The answer is found in the gospel. And this is why it's important that we come, like I said, with a heart ready to hear. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. How many of you know we have a glorious gospel? There is no other, there is no other faith, there is no other ideology, there is no other philosophy that can come near what we have been given as believers. It is a glorious gospel, amen? It is glorious. And so, anyway, uh, what does the glorious gospel of Christ offer mankind? In one word, freedom. Freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from shame. Um, uh, Dwight L. Moody, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are free. Turn to your neighbor today and say, you are free. Isn't that, just say it to yourself, I am free. Isn't that a wonderful thing to contemplate? Because some of you are thinking, you know, if I can just, just try a little bit harder, I can, I, can, I can overcome this thing. No, you're already free. And the moment you believe that, things are going to change in your life. So, again, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are free. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see, when the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in your heart, He not only fills you, he frees you. And, and the reason why some of you are still bound today, whether it's drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever else is going on in your life, the reason why you are still bound is because you have been resisting the Holy Spirit who wants to bring you to freedom. And this is the crazy thing. Sometimes we're clinging to our prison doors when the Spirit of God is gently trying to lead us out. Amen? So anyway, He, he not only fills you, He frees you. So if you were to ask me, what does God have for us in 2022? I would say this, freedom. More than anything else, freedom. God wants us to walk in freedom. Uh, freedom, uh, victory, and liberty from fear. Freedom from lack, freedom from oppression, freedom from hurt and rejection. 
freedom from the bondages and burdens of, of the past that have held us, freedom from, from addictions and sickness and bitterness and, and oppression, you know, freedom to serve the Lord with gladness. You know, the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness, you know, freedom to serve the Lord in, in boldness and to walk in victory and peace. You see, the Irish longed uh, for freedom uh, from the British uh, Empire for hundreds of years. Uh, it was 500 years, in fact. Fact is, you could argue that, um, you know, that British rule in Ireland began with the Anglo-Irish invasion in 1169. That's quite some time away uh, ago. And, you know, since that time, there was continuous resistance of, of varying types to British rule. And, and the reason why uh, is this, uh, because deep down, there is a cry in the heart of every man and woman that wants and seeks Freedom, and and you know this is irrespective of how benign you know the, the rulers may be, because you know while the British were far from perfect, uh, you know at times, I, I, to be honest, I look at at the Irish, and and you're kind of forced to ask yourself, have we done any better? You know when you see homeless people freezing to to death on the streets. People literally being found dead in, in, in tents, dying on, on the streets of this city in Dublin. You know, when we look at the ongoing epidemic of, of drugs, that generation after generation after generation, you know, wiping out multitudes of, of young people. When you look at the, at the suicide, the domestic violence, you know, kids going to school in this city hungry in 2022. You know, along with the blatant disregard for you know, civil and, and, and democratic and constitutional freedoms over these last two years, it makes you realize this, that we have a lot of work to do to make this country a better place. But you know what, notwithstanding our, our failures, people still want to be free. People still want the freedom to choose their own destiny and to build their own identity. And, and this is why, like I said, you know, the, the, the Irish just kept pushing back because we're not British, we're Irish. And, and, and so, and this is why invariably, um, you know, empires fail and fall. You, you look at the Persian Empire, the Babylonian, the Greek, the Roman, the Mongolian, the Ottoman, the Spanish Empire, all of these fell and all the remains of them today is dust and ashes. And so, Many of you here today have come from nations that were at one time ruled by another, and yet at some stage, your forefathers rose up and fought to be free from the shackles imposed by others. And, but have you ever stopped to ask yourself the question, why? Why did so many fight and, and, and sacrifice and even you know, give their own lives uh, for freedom? Because my aim today isn't to stir up, uh, you know, resentments or old hatreds, um, uh, you know, or to foster bitterness towards anybody, um, and in particular towards the British. Again, my own wife is British. My own kids are half British. And so, uh, again, you know, I, I love Great Britain, and, and, you know, many of my heroes, you know, came from, from Great Britain. And I'm praying for, you know, just as God stirred that nation in revival before, he's going to do so again, because I, I believe our our, our, our destinies as nations are somehow intertwined. And so anyway, but, but it, 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 the thing is this, it's, it's important for us to understand when I'm talking about these, this isn't coming from a political perspective. Because again, while clearly our past isn't ideal, 
It is the past, and we can't live there if we want to fulfill our destiny today. And for too long, in my opinion, for the last hundred years, this nation has been looking back and blaming the British when they've been gone from here for a hundred years. So I think it's important for us to, to move on uh, from that and to step into what God has for this nation today. Amen. So the reason why so many fought and died in the cause of national freedom, whatever your nation may be, is that there is a universal desire in the heart of mankind to be free. Irish, French, Polish, Indian, African, American. You could say our, our stories are all very similar uh, when you study history because, again, you know, every man and woman wants the freedom to pursue uh, their dreams and to determine their future. You could say that the pursuit of happiness is a desire that transcends race and culture and time. And this is why America inspired so many um, uh, people, particularly in this nation, because you know America was like a, a blank canvas of, of sorts, and and so many people from so many different nations, you know, found a, a new life in that nation. And you know, the beautiful thing about America was you had this this uh, you know the American dream, as they call it, which was you know that if you were willing to, to to work hard, you could progress and make a success of yourself. And you know, many Irish people. Um, and um, many Irish men and women, you know, escaped grinding poverty and a life of misery here in this island um, uh, because they were able to go to, to America and make a new life for themselves. And, and so, um, because this was, a lot of us take that for granted today, okay, because we live in a different world. But you know what, back then, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, um, th that was a revolutionary concept. Um, the idea that you could better yourself, that you could, that you could progress, that you could make a, a success for yourself, because you know m many nations, or most nations, certainly um, Ireland and Great Britain, for that matter, were ruled by an aristocracy who who were born into land and wealth and privilege, and. Um, and so, you know, they, they were born into that, and, and you had no chance of ever crossing uh, this divide between, you know, the wealthy and the, and, and, and the poor. And so, success or failure, um, or, or, or wealth, um, or, or poverty, you know, these are already predetermined for you um, before you were born. Um, you were literally born into these things. And so, in some ways, you could say the Industrial Revolution was the beginning of the change where you could, you know, you could kind of step out of, of you know, the poverty that you were born into. And that's why I think it's important um, you know, that we don't despise capitalism because as imperfect as it is, it's certainly the best that we have when you compare it to, to socialism because that always seems to invariably end up in, in poverty and, and you know, killing people. But, you know, this is the tragedy is that many of our ancestors, if we look at our history, were born into poverty with no hope whatsoever of escaping. And so, again, I thank God that I live in a, in a free nation. You know, and I thank God for the opportunities that I've been given. Um, you know, that I'm free to stand in the street and, and preach the gospel. You know, that someone can convert to Christ in this nation and they don't have to fear for their lives as they do in many Islamic nations where, you know, the, the, the penalty for apostasy is uh, death. And um, so, you know, I, I thank God for, for this nation. I'm, I thank God that we're free to gather and worship today. I don't think we should take that for granted, particularly after what we saw over the last two years, you know, uh, 
many of us as pastors really, really had to fight to get the churches open. And so I, I don't think we should take freedom for granted in, uh, ever. Now, now, and the other thing to understand is this. Um, freedom isn't lawlessness or chaos because, you know, you look at a lot of movies and they proclaim, you know, they try to portray freedom in a certain way. They, they talk about open marriage. They talk about, you know, the, 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 the revolution. You know, they try to portray socialism, like I said, as this, you know, answer to all that's wrong with the world. Well, you know, you studied in the, the French Revolution or uh, many of the, these other uh, revolutions around the world invariably end up with slaughter. You know, uh, just slaughtering people mindlessly. So, I, I, again, I think it's important that we're not naive. And this is why it's important we study history. We should be aware of history. Because, uh, again, like they say, the one thing we learn from history is we don't learn from history. And, um, but anyway, like I said, freedom isn't lawlessness or chaos because true freedom always comes with some restraints. This is why we pay taxes, why we obey traffic lights. This is why we have laws. This is why we respect the speed limit. Um, you know, I think it's very funny in a, in a world where they try to, you know, portray this idea that there is no, um, you know, there is no such thing as right or wrong. Um, you know, that there is no such thing as gender. You are whatever you identify with. Well, you know, for myself, as somebody who studied engineering, I find it rather ironic because when you get on an airplane, you want to be sure that the pilot believes in absolute truth. Um, you know, that he believes that, uh, you, you know, that 10,000 um, feet or 40,000 feet is the same for everybody. Because uh, if he didn't, he would decide, well, you know, you say 40,000 feet, I choose to identify it at, you know, a thousand. And so he's decided, you know, you're flying, you know, close to the trees. Or, do you understand me? That there has to be absolutes or otherwise you have chaos. And this is why you can't have freedom without having some restraints. Um, so this is why we respect governments and rulers. We understand that they're there by God and we respect them to a point until what they demand, uh, you know, contradicts our faith. You know, there is a certain area of our heart that we reserve for God alone. Amen. So uh, that's why the disciples said we have to obey God rather than man because when what man is asking you to do contradicts what God is, is, is saying, that's why, you know, we have to, you know, just as we, where we normally uh, respectfully obey, sometimes we have to respectfully disobey. So again, we pray for rulers and governments even when we profoundly disagree with their decisions and values. And um, William Barclay said this, Christian freedom does not uh, mean uh, being free to do as we like. It means being free to do as we ought. Can you see the difference? Just because you have a ring on your finger does not mean that you're exempt from committing adultery against your wife. That changes nothing, it's just a ring. Amen, I think it's important. You know, freedom is not being free to do as we want, it is being free to do as we ought. And so, um, because as Christians, we know that there is, um, a, there can be no love without boundaries. Um, because, you know, by the time the minister says in the wedding ceremony, you are free to kiss the bride, you have already paid a price. Why? You have committed the rest of your life to that woman. And by being free to kiss the bride, it infers that you're no longer free to kiss any other woman, okay? That's marriage 101. Just, just nod your head just so you get that, okay? You see, 
love has boundaries. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Hallelujah. How many single guys saying, 2022, I'm believing for a godly wife? Quick ladies, look around. Amen. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you something. The greatest blessing you can get this side of eternity, aside from being saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, is having a godly wife by your side. I thank God for my beautiful wife, Joanna. Amen. Hallelujah. And I thank God that we didn't kill each other over the last few weeks. <laughs> We've been moving house and it's been chaotic. Things didn't quite go to plan. We were meant to move the middle of, of uh, December at the last minute, just after we'd moved all our stuff out, boxed everything. We had all of our plans for Christmas. The wheels came off and uh, it didn't work out. So thanks be to God for my wonderful mother-in-law, Jill. We moved in with her. But um, yeah, we were there for, for three weeks. Pray for Jill. She's in therapy. Um, <laughs> God bless her. But um, anyway, you know what? We moved into our house on Friday night, and we're so happy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, but marriage brings freedom, but uh, there are also requirements and restraints, monogamy being one of them. Okay, because the world says you're free to do as you want, but as believers, we know that true freedom means uh, being free to do what God wants. Okay, so December 1921, Ireland was granted freedom from Great Britain, but the truth is that Ireland today still isn't free. You know, there are multitudes of men and women who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling or perversion, homes that are filled with dysfunction and pain, you know, so many, so many lives that have been broken by life's trials and, and challenges and storms. You know, tragically, every year there are many, uh, uh, you know, men and women who overdose or take their lives in despair. Let me say this, Ireland isn't free. And neither is your nation or your people. Because true freedom isn't political in nature and neither is it financial or cultural. True freedom is found in Christ. Could somebody say, thank you, Jesus? That is why Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Because sometimes we forget what Christ accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. So I want to take a few moments to remind you. And so the first point is this. Through Christ, we are free from sin. Amen? Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, uh, this is the reality. Man is a sinner condemned to hell as a consequence of his sins. There, there is no escape from that fact. Irrespective of how educated or cultured or wealthy or sophisticated or celebrated that man or woman may be, it is universal. It's a universal law that is inescapable just like, you know, gravity. And, and it is seen in every tribe and every race and every gender and every culture and every time. You know, people say the problem is, is poverty or lack of opportunity or lack of education. No, the problem is sin. And Jesus and only Jesus is the answer. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How many of you are glad that you're washed in the blood today? How many of you are glad your name is written in the Lamb's book of life for eternity? Praise God forevermore. The best is yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. 
No matter what Bill Gates or all of the globalists have in store for us in 2022, the best is yet to come because Jesus Christ is King. He sits on the throne. He is in control. And that's why we don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. And we're going to do everything we can to reach people for Jesus. Amen. So through Christ, we are free from sin. Genesis chapter 3, uh, God said to Adam, where are you? Uh, because Adam sinned, um, he, I don't have time to go through it in depth, but chapter 3, I think it's interesting that, you know what, uh, chapter 1, the heading over my Bible is the creation. Chapter 2, uh, it is the garden. Chapter 3, it is the fall. Isn't, isn't that so tragic that literally within three chapters, everything fell apart? So from our perspective at least. And so, but it talks about the fall. Adam sinned and, um, you know, uh, uh, Satan became the god of this world. And, and God said uh, to Adam, um, where are you? And um, their eyes were opened. They made themselves coverings and they hid from the sound of the Lord in the garden. So we were designed to walk with God. And um, the Lord said, where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you to, that you should not eat? So here, again, love, always, love does not come without boundaries. God, you know, gave the garden to Adam and Eve, but he placed boundaries on it. And um, so when people say, you know, I, I want to live in a world where there are no rules, that, you know, that you're going to end up with hell on earth. Uh, so there has to be boundaries. God placed them, they violated them, and as a consequence, they sinned. That's why they saw they were naked. And um, he said, who told you that you're naked? You know what God was asking Adam? Who have you been talking to? Because again, who you associate with, who you open your life to, who you, who you are uh, in tune with, that will determine your destiny. That's why, you know, as a parent, you have to be very mindful of who your children are hanging out with. Fact is, as an adult, you have to be mindful of who you're hanging out with. If you, the Bible says a companion of fools will suffer. Amen. So, you know, I want to be surrounded by men and women that fear God. I'm, I'm drawn to people that, that, that are soul winners. I'm drawn to people who love Christ. I'm, I'm drawn to people who pray. I'm drawn to God-fearing people. And, and when I don't detect that in a person's life, I'll just keep a, a, a kind of a polite distance there, you know. And so, anyway, uh, he, he said, uh, have you eaten of the tree of which you should not eat? And the man said, the woman, right there. What does he do? He passes the blame. And what have we been doing since the Garden of Eden? As men and women, we've been blaming each other. The Adam said the woman, the woman said the serpent, you know. And, and that is human nature, is, is for us to, you know, abdicate our responsibility. And so, anyway, we see here that Adam fell and we all fell with him. And this is important for us to understand. Romans 5 and verse 12, therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, um, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. The uh, New Living says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And through Adam's sin of, of rejecting God, and I, and I appreciate he mightn't have seen it like that, but this is what he did. When he chose to, to doubt God, to, when he chose to listen to the devil's lies, um, uh, really what he was doing was he was rejecting God, and what he was doing was embracing Satan as, as, as Lord and, and, and looking to Satan for direction. And as a consequence, um, Satan took Adam's authority, the authority God had given to Adam, what God had said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. And that's why deep down on the inside, every human being yearns for success. 
You know, nobody wants to be a failure, no matter what you're at. There's something on the inside of us wants to progress, wants us to succeed, unless you've been religiously brainwashed to reject that as being, you know, uh, unbiblical or unscriptural. No, I believe God gave every one of you talents and abilities, and God has called you to succeed. He's called you to progress. And, and, and I'm, I, I know I address it a lot in my messages, but this whole thing of the prosperity gospel, um, I, 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 I think it's very sad because what it, it does is it talks people out of receiving God's goodness, God's purpose, God's destiny, God's miracles. You know, they reject healing. They reject, you know, the provision of God. They reject, you know, so many doors that God would open before you if only you would believe. What did he say? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Amen. So I believe God has got good things for us. That doesn't mean that we're making God, uh, you know, things that, that were materialistic or making a God out of things. But you know what? I believe this is a time where as the church God wants to raise men and women up to places of prominence and success because you know why is so many times the people that our kids are looking up to the music that they're listening to the people they're looking up to that you know they, they're doing drugs and they're you know with prostitutes or they're you know every second word is a curse word you know they're not God-fearing people we need to see men and women raised up in in every realm why how come when they, our kids are going to college you know they're being brainwashed by 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 professors who do not fear God and do not acknowledge God and wants to turn them into atheists. I, I, you know, listen, this has to change. We have to see men and women being raised up just like Daniel, just like Esther. You know, men and women who can, who can you know, go out there and, and be ambassadors for Christ. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5. You are ambassadors of Christ. So, you know, I believe this is a day when God wants us to stretch our faith and believe God big and say, you know what, just like Isaiah, here am I, Lord, send me. Yes, Isaiah, Isaiah was convicted of his sin. He said, oh, Lord, he, he, when, when he, he, he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple and he said, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. And, and you know, Isaiah was conscious of his shortcomings, but then you know what, faith began to rise. When God, excuse me, when God touched him, amen, faith began to rise in his heart. And God said, you know, um, whom will I send and who will go for me? And, and Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Isaiah said, I'm not qualified, but I'm available. How many of you could say that, Lord? I'm not qualified, but I'm available in Jesus' name. Amen, I'm available to win souls. I'm available to heal the sick. I'm available to be promoted. Amen, Hello, come on. How many of you can say I'm available in 2022 to be promoted in Jesus' name? Amen, so God wants us to believe him for, for big things, but part of, of us being able to see, listen, part of, one of the reasons why many times you don't step into what God has for you because you know uh, you you do not see yourself the way God wants you to see yourself you see yourself uh, oh I could never do that uh, I could never go there oh I, I, I you know I'm I'm just I'm just a, a, a miserable sinner listen if you're born again you're not a sinner you may sin but you're not a sinner. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know that? So don't insult God and don't insult what Christ has accomplished at the cross because Calvary is a finished work. When Christ said it is finished, he declared, you know what? You are free in Jesus' name. And whom the Son sets free is? Come on. Whom the Son sets free is? How many of you believe that today in Jesus' name? Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, through Christ, we are free from sin. 
So, um, uh, through Adam's sin of, of rejecting God, death and destruction entered into the world. And, and this is why the, the Bible says, you know, thorns and thistles will come up. Before that, there were no thorns, there were no thistles. You know, you could have a beautiful garden. But, but that's why, like I said, you look in Genesis chapter 1, God created everything. It was good. It was beautiful. And, and God said, be fruitful and multiply. So there's something on the inside of us wants to multiply whatever. That, whatever we have, we want to make it better. That's why you ladies are never happy with your home. You always want to move a couch or paint a wall or, or do something. You know, um, all the guys are too silent to say anything on that. And um, but, but but you know that's the reality. There's something on the inside of us want uh, because we were created for dominion. And that's probably a different message. But you know, God has created us for dominion. But sin is what trips us up. Sin is what stops us from being the men or the women that God has called us to be from doing what God has called us to do. And you know, the Bible says God will wipe every tear from their eyes in Revelation. And, and you know, I think for me personally, um, I believe one of the reasons why he has to wipe tear from our eyes is because so many people get to heaven and they suddenly realize what God might have done in their lives, what God might have done for them and through them and with them if only they had believed, if only they had surrendered, if only they had... Uh, you know, said yes to the call of God on their lives. And again, I believe you can be absolutely called to the world of business or called to the world of sport or called to the world of academics or, you know, called to be a mother, called to be a businessman, called to be a preacher. You know, I, I don't believe there's this sacred secular divide that we have been taught. I believe whatever you're called to do, do it with all of your heart and glorify God through it in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyway, through Christ, I, I don't think I'm going to finish the message today, but give me a few minutes and we'll, we'll deal with this one point because I do think it's important for us to grasp this because, again, it's this sin consciousness, this sense of shame, this sense of, of being inadequate, this sense of being not good enough that stops us from stepping into what God has for us. I mean, for myself as a pastor, you know, I, I, I remember that feeling I had the first day I walked in. I'd been praying for four years. God had put it in my heart to pastor church in Dublin, but so many times the accuser, the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he comes and he accuses you, and he says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not qualified, you, you know, who, who do you think you are? You know, many of us growing up heard that, not just from Satan, but from family, from, you know, all those around us. How many of you had teachers that spoke things over you saying you're not smart, and you're, you, I, I certainly did, and so, again, this is why when when you get a revelation of your righteousness, suddenly you start tearing off those labels and saying, you know what, that's not who I am. That, uh, you know, that, one of the most powerful things you can ever say is, you know what, that's not who I am. When the devil comes and plants a thought in your mind and tries to tempt you, you need to rise up saying, you know what, that's not who I am in Jesus' name. That's one of the most powerful things you can say because he plants that thought in your mind to try to say that's who you are. He wants to define your destiny. He wants to set the boundaries of your life. Oh, I could never go beyond that. Oh, I could never do that. I could never accomplish that. Who told you that? Just like God said to Adam, who told you? Who have you been talking to? Who have you been listening to? And this is why many Christians spend lives that are so restrained and live on a level so far below what God has for them. So today, you know, I just want you to stretch your faith and soar and believe God in Jesus' name. Amen. So, hallelujah. Um, 
Adam rejected God, death and destruction entered the world, and Adam is now by nature a sinner. He's separated from God and the joy of his presence, okay? And so, uh, Genesis 2, uh, verse 22 to 24 Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put his hand um, into, and take away some of the tree, uh, lest he put his hand um, and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, and there was such an urgency, God doesn't even finish the sentence. Because to contemplate man in his last state, taking up the tree of life and now existing forever in his last state, it was too much for God to even countenance. And so it says, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden and to till the ground from which he was taken. This is why all of the isms, whether it's feminism, socialism, you know, all of the various philosophies, um, uh, you know, communism, etc. You know, this desire to create a perfect world, um, you know, the new religion of the woke. You know, and it, it is a religion, you know. Uh, but, but all of these various philosophies are really mankind trying to get back into the Garden of Eden. But you know what? God kicked man out of the garden. There's only one babe back in, and that's through surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. That's why, like I said, all of these various, the French Revolution started with great aspirations. It ended with, you know, beheading, you know, uh, you know thousands and thousands of people. Like I said, look at all of the various nations that embraced socialism and all of the aspirations they had. It always ended up with people being shot against the wall and the people starving. And so, again, uh, there is no way we can get back into the garden through politics or philosophy or through good works. There's only one way, through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? Through the blood, there is only one way. And so, anyway, God uh, drove him out from the garden and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so, um, uh, this is the problem, is man is spiritually dead, um, he's separated from God by his sin, with no means of access to God. Isaiah 59 and 2, but your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not uh, hear. And this is why, again, religion is not the answer. I mean, we had religion coming out of our ears, and yet, you know, the, the, the country was just filled with abuse and dysfunction. And, and, you know, like I said, even within the, the, the religious, the, the sexual abuse that was going on, it was, it was perverted. So religion does not um, solve the, the problem. It, it, you are separated from God, and, and just because you're religious doesn't mean you're righteous. There's a difference between being religious and being righteous, okay? So uh, 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 the, new, uh, the new living of Isaiah 59 and 2, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. And so this is the plight of mankind. He is cut off from God. But God promised a redeemer. He didn't abandon us in our sin. You know, Genesis 3.15 alludes to a coming savior. And I believe it's talking about Jesus Christ, talking about how um, uh, you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. And so uh, God alludes to a coming savior who will redeem and restore all that was lost through the fall. Job chapter 19 and verse 25. And it says, For I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. But after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. 
So, uh, you know, under the Old Testament, um, you were still separated from God, so to speak. You had a type or a shadow of what Christ would do through the blood covering, but the blood would only cover your sin. It was like buying road tax. You were covered for the year, but it didn't take away your sin. That's why John the Baptist got the revelation in John 1.29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is why, you know, the gospel, like I said, it is, it is a glorious gospel because it is a message that, that, that we can be forgiven, we can be free, we can be, uh, we can, uh, you know, be the men and women God's called us to be. Psalm 130 verse four, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. You see, the most precious thing about the Christian message is that it offers us forgiveness of sins and a new beginning through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, you may have made a complete mess of your life. You might have done everything wrong up to this point. Today you can change. Amen. Not, not in your ability, not in based on your willpower or our good intentions or like you said, New Year's resolutions, but Jesus Christ can set you free from your sins. You can be forgiven. We can't change the past, but God chooses to forget the past. And this is the good news of the gospel is that Christ sets us free. The most precious thing, like I said, about the gospel is it offers us forgiveness of sins and a new beginning. Jesus Christ took your sin at the cross. And that's why, like I said, Calvary is a finished work. Charles Spurgeon, salvation is not deliverance from hell alone. It is deliverance from sin. If you think, you know, that, that uh, you know, uh, Christianity is just about being, uh, not going to hell, uh, you, you really don't get it. Let, let me read it again. Um, Charles Spurgeon, salvation is not deliverance from hell alone, and thank God we're not going to hell, but it says, it is deliverance from sin. It is not the rescue of men from eternal pain merely. It is their redemption from the world's vain and wicked ways. Hallelujah. And that's why we have been delivered. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. You see, we have a ministry of reconciliation. That's why I can't understand Christians who are saying, oh Lord Jesus, beam me up, Scotty. Take me out of here. You know, I, I, I want the rapture to come. No, I, I, I think it's only getting interesting. Amen? I think this is where the fun starts. This is where we're going to see the power of God being demonstrated. This is where we're going to see men and women turning to Jesus Christ. Men and women who are hardened in their sin are now going to come to the point where they repent and where they call on the Lord because things are going to get so crazy. I'm telling you something, we're going to see the power of God demonstrated in our generation. Praise God. You know, praise God for what he did in the Welsh revival. Praise God for what he did in the Hebrides. Praise God for what he did in the first and second great awakening in America. But you know what? It's our time to see God move in our generation. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I feel like I only got out of second gear today, but you know what? That's okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, sweetie. Praise you, Jesus. Could you stand to your feet today? We're going to finish this message next week as the worship group come forward. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Think about what we've been entrusted with. We've been entrusted with the truth. 
That's why it doesn't matter, you know, uh, what globalists do or what, you know, uh, these huge conglomerates, media conglomerates do or what message or, or what kind of, of uh, censorship is going on online. They cannot control truth. You know, Augustine once said, he said, you don't have to protect the truth. He said, truth is like a lion. You don't have to protect it. You just have to release it. It will look after itself. So Jesus said, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. How many of you are ready to step into freedom in 2022 in Jesus' name? Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we just love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. We thank you for the freedom that you purchased at the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you so loved the world. That you so loved us. You saw us in our sin and our shame, and still you took our place. You bore our burden. Lord, you, you, you went there for us. Could we just take a moment to reflect on the love of God? For God so loved the world. Do you know you're here today because God loves you? God in his mercy, he delivered you. You know, some of you should be dead. Fact is, many of your friends are dead. But you're here today because God placed his hand and he kept you. Because he has a plan. How many of you know the reason you made it into 2022 is because God has a destiny for you? God has a plan. He has a blueprint. You may not understand it. You may not see it right now. But he holds it. He has it. And he holds your future in his hands. You may not be perfect, and I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to finish uh, you know, the, the message today. And you may be conscious right now of your sin. As great as your sin may be, the blood of Jesus Christ is greater. You might not be perfect, but you are loved. You are loved by God. 